Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Guys, this is the Talk of the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesey, with my co-host tonight, Cole Patterson. Dalton Miller could not join us, Cole, with us. Uh, we are here to recap the Cowboys' 34-17 loss to the Baltimore Ravens on Tuesday Night Football. Uh, we have some reactions from this game that we wanted to talk about before we get started. Cole, glad to see that you're doing okay after that brutal game. Yeah. Yeah, it was not a fun game to watch by any means, man. Um, I mean, as a fan, it definitely sucks to see this team lose, regardless of, you know, we kind of all are looking towards the draft, kind of looking towards the offseason, all of that. At the end of the day, you still want this team to at least compete, you know. Um, you had a good tweet um, there at the uh, in the second half. You're kind of saying that this team doesn't look like they want to play in the second half, pretty much. Um, like We all know they have injuries. We all know that... Um, you know, their top players aren't available, all that kind of stuff. But you still want to see these guys, you know, be able to compete to the final whistle, have that fire in them. And that just hasn't been there. And um, I know um, other teams have had the same kind of injuries as the Cowboys with their quarterbacks, both offensive tackles, um, Jack Martin, all, all, all the injuries are piling up. But, I mean, you still see teams in the, in the division, um, Washington and New York, they are playing with their starting quarter or with the quarterback that started the season as a starter. Um, I mean, Alex Smith, obviously, is experienced, but we never thought he was going to play football again. The Giants have Colt McCoy, quarterback, and both of them pulled off big wins. And um, big. both of them were on the road, just like Dallas, um, playing against playoff teams, and they came out victorious. And I don't know if I really expected the Cowboys to win the game, but it was just lopsided. Like, like you said, it was just ugly to watch. Yeah, it's just I'm so sick of watching this team get blown out. Yeah. Every week. I mean, again, like – you watch the Jets play competitive football. Games yeah, even, and, I mean, it's they just, had a realistic chance to beat the Raiders. I mean, I know yeah, the Raiders aren't great, but I mean, I mean, they the only team to beat the Chiefs, you know. So yeah, it's like, exactly. Yeah, I mean, this team just gets blown out every week, and it's 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 embarrassing to watch. It's embarrassing to, you know, I can't remember the last time. I mean, probably 2015, but I really wasn't like doing this as much yeah, in 2015 yeah. but i can't remember the last time in a football season where i just had no interest in like diving into the tape like anything because it was yeah. just like i don't want to watch it I, I, there's nothing about it i want to watch i'm so sick of the coaching staff excuses like yeah i don't want to hear about the injuries be competitive lose football games everybody be has competitive injuries. yeah like yeah your offensive line tonight played pretty well like they had one sack yeah you know like your quarterback didn't play great, but he played pretty well. Your mm-hmm. wide receivers played great. Your running back played yeah. pretty well. Like, 
Your team it's, didn't play horrible tonight. And you got blown except, out. And you got blown out. You couldn't yeah. stop the run, which mm-hmm. goes back to coaching. Like, that's the one thing you go into a game with Baltimore. It's like, we got to put an emphasis on stopping the run. And you yeah. weren't even the close. one thing. Yeah. You, you weren't even close. And, like, that goes back to coaching. Like, mm-hmm. there's no other, you know, the Ravens, look- they, the Ravens threw for 107 yards and ran for 294. Yeah, they didn't even look prepared. Like, like you said, I mean, you have one thing to focus on with Baltimore. Um, Lamar's kind of struggling throwing the ball this season. Um, outside of Mark Andrews, you're not really scared of too many guys on the outside if they have it. Pass catcher, I mean, Hollywood Brown can make a big play here and there, but there's not many threats out there. So, I mean, you, you can pretty much sell out to stop the run and make them beat you through the air. And, and they still gave up. What was it? 300 yards rushing? Just, just 200, about 294 rushing yards. Six yards away from 300 on the ground. That's the one, if you just have to watch, you can get somebody off the street and get them to watch one game of the Ravens yeah. and they'd be like, hey, you could stop the run. Yeah, and the, I mean, I think the sad part is for me is I feel like the last couple of weeks, like the team, like teams have shown how you stop the Ravens running game within the Steelers, the, the, yeah. the, the Titans, and it's just attack the mesh point. Like, mm-hmm. Whatever your edges are doing, you run full speed at the quarterback's hands as he's as he's faking the option, mm-hmm. and either you're going to disrupt the timing of that play because the running back's going to have to then bounce outside or or you know try to cut and he's running normally into somebody, or the quarterback's pulling the ball and doing the same thing. You know, again, you you might give up a few big plays on the run if a guy does you know break a tackle and go, but the whole point of that is to disrupt the timing, and that's what T.J. Watt did. All the last two times the the mm-hmm. Steelers played the Ravens, all T.J. Watt did was attack that mesh point over and over. Every time they'd run that option play, he mm-hmm. would attack the mesh point and he tackle the arms of the quarterback or running back, wherever yeah. the, whoever had the ball. He would just tackle their arms. And again, like yeah, the Cowboys don't have a T.J. Watt, but they have a player that can run a straight line, mm-hmm. be aggressive when. And they were just playing like like how you see teams play. The option, you know, back in 2015, where the defense gets out in a space and like sits there and like, yeah. you know, tries to make an, you know, a read. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, bro, you cannot do that with Lamar Jackson. Like, yeah. your hesitancy to attack that mesh point gives him all the time he needs yeah. to take take it 40 yards. Exactly. And it's just disappointing when you see, you know, the team that the only thing they're known for is running the football go for 300 yards. <laughs> yeah, it's not like they have a lot of different ways to attack you and. The one thing they do well, they had no reason. The Cowboys didn't make that hard on them at all. There's no path to resistance at all. Um, and it's been that way all season. I saw ESPN Stats and Info tweeted out that two of the three worst uh, rush run defense performances that the Cowboys have had have, have occurred this season. Um, one was earlier in the year against Cleveland, and uh, that was without Nick Chubb. And then, obviously, tonight. It's just it goes back to coaching. So we, I mean, I know you made a really good point with the Vikings. Some people were happy about that game. It looked like maybe they were turning the corner, but you made a good point that it, that Dallas matched up really well with them, and you wanted to wait and see how they've played other teams. And it looked like maybe the Cowboys were turning the corner. Maybe the the coaching was getting a little bit better. But the fact that they had that performance against Cleveland in the early early in the season. And then this performance again late in the year shows me that they haven't improved in that area at all. Um, it's right. just, it, and I think probably the most disappointing thing from my point of view, you know, again they give up 300 yards on the ground. It's hard to get more disappointing than that. Is yeah. like 
What happened to our aggressive head coach who was like, mm-hmm. you know, did he get bullied by the media for the last 12 days and decide to turn into Jason Garrett, just not just going forward on fourth? 50-yard field goals. Kicking 52-yard yeah. field goals down, well, we were down 10 at that point or yeah. 14. or Like, it was still mm-hmm. a you know relatively close game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kicked the 52-yard field goal, went in close, and the Ravens went down the field and scored. Yeah. And, like, we talked about on the, the podcast last week with, with KT, Kevin Turner, who joined us, and it's like, to me, he has no idea when he wants to be aggressive and when he doesn't want to be aggressive. It's just like, oh, you know, it's almost like a flip of a coin for him. He's like, I think we're going to go for it here. Like, there's no rhyme or reason. I don't even think he gets numbers or he's not getting those in-game analytics that are going. It's just how he's feeling in the moment. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, this improves your chances of winning by this much. I think he's just like, okay, yeah, this kind of makes sense. (laughs) Like, again, you don't go for it on multiple, I think it was fourth and four, fourth and three and a half. Fourth yeah. and eight, and then you kick a fifty-two yard field goal. Um, you don't go for it on those, but you fake yeah. a punt on fourth and ten from your yeah. twenty-yard line. Like that mm-hmm. makes no sense. There's no At rhyme all. or reason to that. Yeah, I'm like I'm. I'm just tired of people defending. And again, I didn't like the Mike McCarthy hire, so maybe I'm biased trying to make it look worse than it is. People tell me I do that all the time, even though Leighton Vander Esch just keeps making me look smarter and smarter every yeah. week when he has no Not clue what he's doing. Here. So it's like. Yeah. I just can't – I didn't see where injuries impacted – I mean, again, from the quarterback position, obviously. Yeah. But I think your team and backup quarterback probably played good enough tonight for you to win if your coaches didn't give them the ball with short fields, with multiple bad decisions to, to kick the football, Their, the lack of aggression. They had, one, they had one play over 15 yards before that final drive. Uh, to end the game where the Noah Brown broke a tackle and went for 19. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Your offensive line's holding up. Like, run play action. Your receivers are winning. They're, they're one-on-ones. Like, yeah. take a few shots. It's just you didn't see any of that stuff. You, you was yeah. the screen game again. You know, and it's, it's like, like they went into the game not knowing how, how they wanted to play on either side of the ball. Um, like you said, they had opportunities to make this a game. Um, the offense played largely well enough. I don't think you can really point fingers on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I know that, like you said, there's a big drop-off between that Prescott and Andy Dalton, but it wasn't too big of a drop-off to where you had no chance in that game. And it's still like whether it was going with a 52-yard field goal uh, when um, when you've shown signs of going for it on fourth down earlier in the year or if it's not attacking the, down the field until it's already too late in the game. This stuff like that it makes you scratch your head. Then defensively, it's just Baltimore did whatever they wanted to do. It was just right. like, like you saw Lamar Jackson laughing on the sideline, and like he turned around and like where he smiled at Jalen Smith, like pretty much saying like, I, no matter what y'all do, I'm gonna get this first out. I'm gonna keep moving the chains. There's nothing y'all can do about it. And that's just like you said. I mean, the Jets have been competitive in games this year, and yep. for Lamar Jackson, I mean, I don't Jaguars, think he you know, yeah. It's like- I think Lamar meant to be disrespectful, but the fact that he was able to, like, smile and laugh and, like, it looked like he was, like, back in his high school days playing against, you know, the team across across the street that had no chance of stopping him. That's what it looked like tonight. It looked like, you know, the varsity team playing the JV, at least least, um, the Ravens offense versus the Cowboys defense. Yeah. No, I mean, again, like, I think, you know, for the most part, I think the Ravens defense, you know, it was – they had 10 points going into the, mm. you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, I don't, you know, a lot of people were 
at me on Twitter being like, the offense is playing well. And I'm like, they're playing okay. I mean, again. Playing like, better than they have. That right, was the meanest right, thing, like, right. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we threw a pick early that would have gotten picked if it didn't get picked because he. I don't know where that ball was going. So, yeah. you know, that wasn't a good decision from Andy Dalton. Um, you know, the running game looked pretty good today and I didn't, ex- I didn't expect it to. So, you know, I was, I was pretty surprised by the way that Zeke was able to run the ball. Yeah. The receivers ran, you know, I thought CD lamb, I mean, that first, first half, I thought CD lamb was going to have 200 yards cause he was catching every other ball, breaking yeah. tackles. Um, you know, Michael Gallup got involved and it was, you know, it looked halfway decent, yeah. but when Tony Pollard puts you down inside the 30 and you, you end up kicking a field goal, it's like, you know, what are you doing? I think that's, I think that's yeah. the one they missed too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so I think so like, too. So yeah, because they they kicked the first field goal on the first possession, so they didn't even yeah. they didn't score points off of that. And it's just like can't do that. And yeah, expect to just, win games, right? It's just it's can't. just brutal, man. Like, and again, I'm just I'm I'm over the injury thing. Like, I just you have two I, teams in your division that are able to overcome injuries. Washington just beat the only undefeated team yeah. without you know their starting quarterback, their backup quarterback who yeah. is on IR. They're, I mean, again, they lost Trent Williams. Who and the quarterback hurt. that played, you never thought was ever going to play football right. again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Antonio Gibson went out in the first yeah. quarter. Like, they were without players, too. The Giants yeah. are without Saquon Barkley. They're yeah, without their offensive Wayne Gallman in their, their starting backfield. Yeah, I'm, so sick of, I'm so sick of hearing it. You know, like, I get it. Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins, Dak Pratt. Like, I get all of it. That doesn't give you an excuse to get blown out by yeah, I don't I mean, think getting, many of us expected us, especially when Dak went down and then you had all the other injuries. I don't think many of us expected him to make the playoffs. And right, right. I mean, the NFC East is down. Yeah, the NFC East is down, so we know, there's a path for them to make the playoffs. But realistically, we never thought this team was a playoff team. But, yeah, that doesn't give them an excuse to get blown out week after week after week. I mean, it's just like you going into the game knowing what's going to happen, and it's pretty – it's pretty embarrassing that they almost like exceed the expectations just like week after week of being bad. They have a minus 125 point differential differential. That's the second worst in the league behind the jets. And that is the only other team in the league other than the jets and the Jaguars to go over a hundred. So pretty much the three worst teams in football. Yeah. And the Jaguars are negative one Oh one. So significantly better. You know, pretty significantly better than the than the Cowboys. So they've also uh, allowed 120 points off turnovers this year, which is by far the most in the NFL. Yep. ESPN stats and info says the Broncos are the second. Cowboys have 120. Broncos 86. Yeah, it's just not even close. <laughs> I, mean, again, I mean, it's just a poorly coached team on every yeah. every I, phase. I don't. I don't. I, and again, like I don't see how anybody can sit here anymore and just be like, oh, I don't place any of the blame on the coaching staff. Like, if you're saying that on December 9th, mm-hmm. 2020, you are not paying attention. Yeah. Because Kyle Shanahan has probably the most banged-up roster in the league. Yeah, it's another team, yeah. He They're is competing. competing their tail off every week. Bill Belichick. That's all we're really asking half, for. Half, right. I, I don't we're not asking Dallas lose. to go into Baltimore and win right. uh, when Baltimore, you know, 100%. is fighting for a playoff spot. We just want this to be competitive. Yeah, we want it to we be worth to our four hours. Much. Yeah, we don't want to give them 300 yards rushing. And again, like, you know, a lot of people are probably listening to us going, we want to lose. Yeah, we want to lose too. I just we don't have a, I, I, I don't have a good feeling that 
when they lose and they draft this good player that they're going to coach them the right way right yeah. now. I don't even. <laughs> you know, they're, really they're, good you point, know yeah. they're going to draft Penny Sewell or you know Patrick Sertain or you know one of these guys in the the, the, the top ten. Yeah. They're going to trade back, get all these guys, and then they're going to be you know. Dorrance Armstrong will be taking all their snaps. <laughs> yeah. Doing absolutely nothing productive. And it's yeah. like, why do you care? It's just, it's it's all bad. But That's let's crashing. take a break, come back, and maybe talk about some of the positives that we might have seen from this game. There wasn't a ton, but I do, I do want to point out a few. Uh, we'll be right back. We're talking the star. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back on the Talk in the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesey, here with Cole Patterson tonight. Give us both a follow on Twitter, at ConnorNFLDraft and at Cole L. Patterson. Uh, I want to give a big shout-out to Blogging the Boys, SB Nation, and Vox Media. Uh, do us all a favor. Make sure you go on to Blogging the Boys on whatever podcast feed you use to listen. Um, and subscribe to the Blogging the Boys podcast feed so you can get um, a ton of different coverage from a ton of different people uh, with a ton of different opinions. Most of them are probably going to be similar to us, but you might get some more positive uh, folks in there. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Just you know, we talked about in the, yeah. the the first the first half of this podcast. It's just like I don't think they deserve much positive coverage right now. They don't. I mean, again, like you've been bad for twenty six years now. You haven't made an NFC Championship game it just in old. years. It's just like same story, different year. Yeah, you know, just bring in new coaches. You don't do any good. You know, you, you never go through a good coaching search when you when you do get the opportunity to bring in a you know new coach. You bring in a guy who couldn't get it done at his his old job with an elite quarterback, and it's just mm-hmm. it's frustrating. You see how good the Packers are right now. Mm-hmm. You know. You see how bad the Cowboys are right now, and there's people who still have hope for the future. Um, and I think you really got to take a strong, hard look at this roster. And you know, going into 2021, 
who do you feel good about? Right now, I feel good about Demarcus Lawrence. That might be it. The only guy who's under contract on that defense that I feel great about going into 2021. Mm-hmm. That I feel like mm-hmm. that guy, Dak Prescott, he's a free agent. He, mm-hmm. He's not scheduled to be, you know, as of now, he is not under contract. Mm-hmm. C.D. Yeah. Lamb, Amari Cooper, you know, Michael Gallup, those guys you feel good about. Yeah. But you could probably count on, you know, two hands out of a 53-man roster <laughs> yeah. about the guys that you feel good about going into 2021, and that is not good. Is there anybody that you feel great about going into 2021 that maybe is flying under the radar or isn't one of the big names that, you know, everybody knows about and talks about? Uh, I mean... It goes back to coaching. I mean, not really, because you don't. I mean, you see flashes from guys here and there. I think the offensive line is playing pretty well without the guys uh, Tyron Smith, without Zach Martin, without Lyle Collins. Just gives me some confidence, especially when you have a more mobile and more experienced and just playing out flat out better quarterback back there when when Dak gets back, assuming that he is back in a Cowboys uniform next season. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, I, re- I like. I like Tony Pollard's potential. I don't know if I if I am fully trusting the staff to utilize him to the best of his abilities. Um, you already mentioned the receivers. Dalton, Dalton Schultz, Schultz yeah. he's coming out really big. Um, have, I think him, having him and Blake Jarwin, assuming yeah. Blake Jarwin makes a full recovery, is going to be really big for this offense and take this offense to a whole other level. Um, we are really excited about Jarwin coming into the year. Schultz is really, I think... I don't think any of us were really that high on him when Jarwin went down. I think we all kind of thought yeah. that tight end spot was going to be a huge question mark. Would they consider a tight end early in the draft with this tight end class? And I think that's Schultz has put the, those worries to rest. Um, so I think Pollard, I think Schultz is a guy. I like the uh, offensive line, if they can continue to progress. Um, but you make a good point. I mean, you just not a lot of guys that you are – 100% confident about um I like I mean Drayvon Diggs he's not the most perfect corner prospect corner cornerback in the in the league but I think he has some good moments he has some bad moments as well but I mean I think he's a guy that you at least have hope for if he can make a full recovery from his foot injury which isn't anything to play around with um but, I mean even that's like kind of stretching it on the defensive side um yeah. playing Van Der Esch looked really bad tonight yeah. The game that you would really I, I don't feel him. right. I don't yeah. feel good about him at all. I mean, again, yeah. I think his inconsistent. I don't think he is a bad player. I just think he is a very, very, very inconsistent player. He looked like an all pro one week, and then this yeah. week he didn't know where. I mean, there he was getting mocked on Twitter because he yeah. couldn't fill any hole. Yeah, and it's just right. like he didn't know how to play the run against a team that literally only runs the football. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just right. mind blowing. But you yeah, make a good point. You, I mean, it's just you're. If you said you can use two hands to really point out the players that you feel confident about, and you probably don't even use all ten fingers when yeah. you're counting that. I mean, that's just where we are right now. Yeah, I, I actually was pretty impressed with Connor McGovern tonight too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's done pretty well this yeah, year. Kind of grouped the offensive line together, but yeah, Connor McGovern definitely deserves a shout yeah, out. Yeah, so it's mm-hmm. like. I mean, again, going into 2021, you feel good about CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, yeah. Michael Gallup, Demarcus Lawrence. You know, it's like nine, 95% on offense. Yeah, you, you got five guys that you feel pretty strong about, and then you got maybe three to five guys where you're like, 
Yeah, if he you takes know, Trayvon step, Diggs, yeah, yeah. Connor McGovern, Dalton Schultz. It's like, I mean, again, this isn't a good roster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is say, crazy. Cause like yeah. in 2016, we all thought this team was built for like forever. I mean, you yeah. had, I mean, even as recent as this past offseason, people are ranking that 2016 draft among the best yep. the last decade. Um, it was up there with the Seahawks draft when they got Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner and now it's like you don't feel good at all about Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, he played fairly well tonight, but I mean that says more about his 2020 season to me than it actually does his ability as a whole. Jalen Smith, I think, if you really, I mean, if you get away from the hype, if you don't, I mean, he's one of the guys. If you look at the stat sheet, it looks like he's playing really well. But if you actually watch him, it's like you don't want him on the roster. You don't want to rely on him. Lane Van Ratch is panning out. Yeah. You know. 90 to 100% of the snaps. Exactly. It's just like they went from one of the bright roster rosters in the cross football that, man, if you if any GM could pick where they want to, you know, have have their career, it would be Dallas. There's all the talent. And now you're like, man, are, do we have many good players at all, actually? Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. like so quickly football can change. Yep. It's, it's a, you know. That's why that's why I always get frustrated with people, you know, from from draft from draft stuff, you know, when I'm being hard on Tristan Hill or, you know, Connor McGovern. And again, like Connor McGovern's probably wasn't even his fault. They wouldn't even give him an opportunity to play, which yeah. goes back to mm-hmm. coaching. But <laughs> yeah. you know, when people are like, Oh, you know, he's a rookie or oh, he's only a second year player, it's like, do you guys not understand that these contracts are four years? Like Tristan Hill's about to go into the mm-hmm. third year of his deal, and you have absolutely yeah. no clue what he is Nothing. as a player. Yeah, mm-hmm. no clue. Connor McGovern, same thing. Rookie year, flash before he has injury this year, and third year, you don't know what he's going to what to expect. Yep. So it's like you might get one to. I mean, again, if Tristan Hill takes up huge coming off a torn ACL, if he takes a huge jump, you are at best going to get two okay years out of Tristan Hill. Yeah, and that was your, you know, that was your first. That's pick. the first pick of that draft. So it's like, yeah, that's not good. You mm-hmm. know, Connor, Connor McGovern again. Mm-hmm. Whether it's his fault, the coach's fault, whoever, whoever that front office when they made that selection, you were gonna see. You know, he's probably gonna play in what six games this year, where yeah. you know two his first two were rocky, and then he's had you know a good one here. So you might get two and a half solid years out of Connor McGovern, which isn't bad. You know, if you get that out of a third round pick, you know, that's fine. Um, but it's just like, you know, we, we talk about the draft a lot and we talk about why we want this team to lose to, you know, fill up with, with higher yeah. draft picks. But it's just like, we don't know that what they're going to do. Yeah. I mean, again, it, it, it's the truth. It's, it's, yeah. you know, and a lot of people want to use that pick on a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, again, you got a lot of holes to fill, brother. So yeah, I mean, it wouldn't draft. surprise me if they do target a quarterback, or it wouldn't surprise me if they do target a linebacker like Micah Parsons, just because they we don't know what to expect with this team. I mean, mm-hmm. Will McClay gets a lot of credit, um, and most of his right, rightfully so, just because he's a really good evaluator. They usually do draft well on paper, but they do have a lot of head scratching picks. I mean, the last time they had a top five pick, they took a running back. So I mean, you really uh, don't know what to expect. And yeah, I mean, on paper, it's going to be great to have a top five pick to have the ability to trade back or be able to take the best player available. But like, I mean, it goes back to how much trust you have in this front office and this coaching staff. And it's really the whole organization at this point in time. 
I almost wrote a post on blogging the boys the other day, but I actually I started it and stopped because I didn't <laughs> wanted to make it seem like I was like bragging about my evaluations or anything. So it'll probably just go out on a tweet or something soon. But in the 2016 draft, my highest graded player when they took Zeke was Jalen Ramsey. Um, in the 2018 draft, is that when they took Vanderesh, right? My yeah. highest graded player was Jair Alexander. And I was like, okay. the Cowboys secondary, if I was the GM, would have been Jalen Ramsey, Byron <laughs> really Jones, good. and Jair Alexander. Yeah. <laughs> Sheesh. So it's like, so like, nobody's starting for you hard on that secondary. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Sheesh. come on, dude. I mean, yeah. again, you know, it's just, you know, we would also have you know, Juan Thornhill or Taylor Rat back there instead of Tristan Hill. Like, that's I mean, I where it starts. During the offseason, is someone saying, imagine if Cow- if the Cowboys is like Cowboys Twitter, you know, draft this team, how much different the team would look. Yeah. You would have a legitimate secondary. You would have guys all over the roster that you're confident in. And it's just. PJ like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's like this front office overthinks so many things, whether it be the school they played at, um, the scheme that they're playing in, if they're a scheme fit. It's just like, it shouldn't be that hard to just, you know, get players that can play football. And it's like they have to overthink every little thing. Yeah, and again, we think that this 2020 draft is a good one. We we've seen we've seen CD Lamb. We we know that he's going to be uh, you know yeah. a great a great a great player for a long time. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, you know, while there's some rocks on the road, we think he's going to be a solid contributor. Uh, Neville Gallimore has shown flashes. He's shown some flashes um, in the Tuesday night game loss against the Ravens. Made a couple nice uh, plays against the run. Um, yeah. You know, we haven't seen any of Reggie Robinson or Bradley and I to know. And, and and again, they need one of those drafts where Bradley and I and Reggie Robinson. Why? Do- yeah. Why say? don't you think they haven't? Why do you think they haven't played? Because I mean, obviously, somebody, somebody. I'm not gonna say Jerry, but somebody in that organization, front office, coaching staff, loves Dorrance Armstrong. And they're. I mean, again, yeah. he comes out and says. I mean, I. Week. Yeah. It's just, you know, I don't, I, don't uh, I guess it's either. just, yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for about it. It's just mind boggling how they're going to spend picks on these guys and how we're all like conf. We all loved the, uh, both picks at the draft. Yeah. Um, it looks like, and they're both playing positions of need. It's not like they're playing like right. wide receiver where it might be hard to break out in the rotation or something right. like that. They're playing secondary is probably the biggest need on this team. At least it's up there. Um, you don't know what you you mean. You need guys that can rush the passer. You can't have too many of those guys. So I don't I don't really get the whole hey let's save these guys because it goes back to what you just said. You only get four years of these guys. You right. don't that's, they don't last an eternity. That's my whole point. Is you know when yeah. you're like, well, let's give them time. It's like they don't have time. Like <laughs> yeah. in two years from yeah. now, you're either like okay, we're gonna cut this guy because he hasn't done any. You know the Taco Charlton thing. Exactly. Scream to give Taco Charlton time, and then three years into his contract, they were cutting him. And it's like, it's not like any. Yeah, I mean, they're up to you, but it's not like it's like college or anything where you get the redshirt year either and you get that year back. Like, hey, this guy might not be ready to play this year. Let's get him. And he still has to four years after that. I mean, it's four years and you're up. You don't get the year back. Right. And And again, what people don't understand too is you have to put in the fifth year option for that first rounder before the fourth year starts yeah. so if you when people people think you just you know decide at any time oh let's right. five years so, you so say you didn't cut taco charlton if yeah. you wanted him for another year that had to go in the year before mm-hmm. his last year so like it's not you know 
these fifth-year options aren't something that you can just decide on at any time and go, okay, we're going to have a yeah. stack for five years now. And that's what made it hard for some, a lot of the first-round picks who either dealt with injury or didn't, you know, produce right away. It's tough because you go into yeah. that fourth year and you're going, man, like the fifth-year option tech number is, you know, significantly higher than that, you know, fourth year. So you're like, yeah. and if we really want to, you know, pay this guy, you know, double the amount that we have been and that's what makes it tough so it's like yeah for guys like cd lamb that you have no questions about about being productive guys you know you can slap that on them and and be Mm -hmm. fine but for those second through seventh rounders your your time span you know with what i've always said is you know within the first two to two and a half years of that player's career what type of player he's going to be you obviously have outliers you know you have guys who they don't click until their third or fourth year like that always happens but Mm -hmm. i'd say if you took 75 percent of the league you know within you know 25 to 30 games what that player is yeah i mean even Mm -hmm. even if the production and the metrics and the stats aren't there Mm -hmm. the player shows up on tape enough to where you go that kid's gonna be okay yeah he's gonna be fine for sure you know even with michael gallup his rookie year like it wasn't great from a production standpoint, but I remember you going into that second year, we were like, he's going to be a dude. Like yeah. that guy is going to be a baller. And mm-hmm. you know, second year he was all awesome. right. You know, since you see enough flashes within two years to know who's got it and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, like I said, it, it takes you about somewhere between 25 games to know, okay, mm-hmm. this kid can play. Okay. This kid, you know, can. Yeah. And I, sure. I think that that's, that's something that I always keep in the back of my mind when I'm doing the evaluations and when I'm checking in on people, you know, throughout their careers is, all right, we're at that 25 game point. You know, how are they? Are they flashing? Are they still just struggling as much as they were in day one? And again, like someone like Tristan Hill, I'm still very lukewarm on because, yeah, like he flashed in a in the worst defensive tackle room in the league. So it wasn't hard for him. To yeah, like it was hard for him not to spot. Right. In that, in that instance, yeah. So, you know, I still don't know what Tristan Hill is going to be. I, I have no clue. Andy's coming off an ACL. Yeah. And, like, Trayvon Diggs is the perfect example, I think. First six, seven games, Rocky, you know, had up and downs. Then he yeah. went through a, you know, stretch there where he was performing. He, he had the Arizona game where he did really well against DeAndre Hopkins. He had the mm-hmm. Philly game where he had multiple picks. Yeah. You're like, okay, this kid's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. He's still going to give up some plays, but he's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. So it's like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, that's a- no, I think you're spot on. Well, cool. We uh, we complained enough tonight, um, <laughs> but like like I said earlier, I think you you have the right to complain when your team is exactly. playing the the bad football that the Cowboys are playing. Um, <laughs> that's probably too kind of a word. Yeah, though though, I'm gonna say this. Mm-hmm. We'll leave we'll leave it with this. The Cowboys lose to the Cincinnati Bengals next week. You could. <laughs> can leave that staff wherever you want mm-hmm. i won't care because yeah you can't figure out a way to beat the cincinnati Bengals with who the ever playing yeah. quarterback don't come back the sad thing is if you tell if you told me the Bengals won that game i'll be yeah totally see it like yeah. it wouldn't like shock me at all yeah. i'm sure joe will right. come back healthy and run for like 250 <laughs> yeah. giovanni bernard bernard yeah go for 300 Mm-hmm. Yep, AJ Green will look like 2010. Yeah, prime AJ, AJ Green. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's that's probably what's gonna happen. And um, yeah. I'll be back on here that week to go 
Don't let the injury excuse just dismiss everything because go watch the 49ers. You know, go watch yeah. a lot of these teams who are dealing with injuries and Washington. None of them are playing as bad as your very own Dallas Cowboys. We'll be back next week to talk about this more. Thank you guys for listening. We are talking to Star. Thank you.